and welcome, my friends, to the Rise to the Top. David Seitman Garland. This is the number one badass show for mediapreneurs. Very, very excited about today. Let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the guest first off. We've got some things to talk to you about. Um, Chris Brogan is going to be in the house here in a few. If you don't know Chris, that means you've been living under a weird rock for the past I don't know how many years. But he's a he's a top blogger, an online entrepreneur, a mediapreneur. And the conversation that we're, we're about to have for you, I want to give you the kind of the preview here, uh, very, very interesting and, and different because Chris recently changed his strategy and changed his content big time. Chris was one of those guys that blogged, I don't know, like 6,000 times a week for years. I mean, seriously, the guy was blogging like every two seconds. And recently, he changed that completely to be doing one blog a week, I believe, and also a podcast now that he does as well. And we talk about that content evolution and other types of things. And I think you're just going to find a lot of interesting information that you can apply. Now, something that I want you to keep in mind when you're you know, listening, watching this interview is something I talked about on DSG TV, uh, I don't know, like a few months ago, was talking about the different mindsets that people have and the difference between a online, I'm of course referring to, a media mindset and a mediapreneur mindset. A media mindset is all about volume and going big. So what I mean by that is, you know, how many posts you can churn out, like blogs or videos or shows, like over and over and over again. It's kind of like a treadmill. It's, it's doing it as much content as you can. And then, you know, trying to get sponsorships, ads, or things like that for your content. That's very different than the mediapreneur mindset, which is, yeah, creating awesome content, but probably about one to two times a week. You know, you know, one time a week is awesome, two times if you're feeling amazing, but you don't really need to do too much more than that because you're also going to have all these other aspects of your business, whether you're doing coaching or creating software or, uh, you know, doing digital products, whatever the business model is, that obviously is something that takes time as well. So we can't spend all our time creating content. Does that make sense? Doesn't mean that content isn't massively important. It certainly is, but we can't spend all our time on that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation coming up right now with Chris. Now, before we get started, I got a couple of very quick shameless plugs for you. First of all, Got to give a shout out to our sponsor. Go to my go to what? Go to my PC by Citrix Online. Now you know. Let's talk about something riveting here for everyone, and that's your files and access specifically to your home files. So, like what I do, I've got a lot of my files on one computer, right? Like I've got it backed up, but I have them basically on one computer, and that's a desktop computer. So when I'm on my iPad or laptop or whatever, it's kind of a pain in the butt to try to access stuff. You know, I'm like, oh, where's that you know document that I have? Well, go to my PC allows you to access it from anywhere. Very easy to use. You can download the apps in the App Store, and I've got a 45-day free trial for you, no strings attached, and we appreciate you supporting the show. I'd love for you to check out this new link here, new for 2013. Head over to the rise to the top.com slash go to my PC. So it's the rise to the slash go to my PC and you'll be off to the races. And one more kind of personal shameless plug. Um, if you haven't already and you like shows like this and you want to see some other stuff that I've got going on, jump on the rise VIP email list at the rise to the slash VIP. And let me give you another reason why. I've got a big webinar upcoming and some other stuff and it's going to go out to the email list first and it's going to fill up and it's going to be really cool. And I don't want you guys to miss it. So the first way to hear about it, the, the best way to hear about it is to make sure you get on that email list, therisetop.com slash, uh, what I just say, VIP. Uh, and finally, I don't know if you guys caught this, but if not, uh, make sure to check that out. I have shown you exactly how to 
you know, steal the rise to the top look, how to easily record and edit side-by-side video interviews on a Mac. Uh, this was a very, very big-time requested product. You could check that out at therisetop.com slash steal the look to steal the exact look of how I do the rise to the top. Uh, $75, full tutorial. All the details are there. And now here's Chris Brogan. And welcome, my friends, yet another episode of The Rise Stop. I'm David Seitman Garland, joined by a handsome, handsome man slash man beast, Chris Brogan. Always good to talk, my man. Man, it's such a pleasure. I really feel like I've been chatting with you a lot lately because I got back into your podcast. I've been listening to the audio version, and, you know, it was great. I loved your uh, interview with Seth Godin. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's funny that we, like... We, we, we used to talk a little more frequently. Then we didn't because we were like, I don't know. Couple, and then all of a sudden, like lately, I, I can't remember. I think you actually reached out to me and you said, you want to come on my new podcast? I said, sure. We start schmoozing and we're like, it was like my long lost brother. You know, my long lost Chris. Thank you for adding brother there. I mean, there was a, there was a little pregnant pause there, but. I was, I was going to say grandfather, but I decided to change that. So, um, so a lot, a lot of things going on, by the way, and I'm a little extra hyped up because I was on the Pandora 90s pop station, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a hint of what song just came on, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, that for that's a, a great one. I know, so I'm a little like shucking and jiving here. Um, but Chris, let's talk a little bit about, um, let's start with content a little bit. This is uh, your baby in many cases, and something interesting that you wrote about recently on ChrisBrogan.com is how you've kind of changed your approach a little bit. And I love this because I love the evolution and how you just throw it out there and you put it there. You used to be the guy who was posting more content than insert fill in the blank of someone that, imp- that posts a lot of content. Meaning you did, you did you know, five plus blog posts a week. Um, you did all kinds of stuff and you're changing that a little bit. Can you tell us like kind of a little bit about what's going on and then let's maybe uh, dive into that a little bit. You know, one of the things that made me first realize that I should really slow down on the the blogging every single day was that a lot of people subscribe, more than 60% of my audience subscribed via email. So they were getting my blog and my newsletter. And what I started to realize was that that's quite the assault on one's inbox. Mm -hmm. And, you know... in putting out a blog or thinking like a column or thinking like a newspaper, daily is the norm. Multiple times right. daily is right. what the big guys do. Sure. Tech, tech Crunch, Mashable, Pando, Daily, all those guys do multi-posts because that's how blogs work. Well, my audience was a lot more intimate with me and they were a real uh, frustrated group because they were like, man, you just fill my inbox. And I kept thinking, what are you talking about? I only send you one email a week. Not thinking, my blog is also going in. So that's really, that's the guts of it. That's the mechanics of it. But then what I realized too is that you know, I'm still getting the same old people who know me from Twitter or someplace like that. And they're wonderful people. And I'm so thrilled to have the community I have. But, but, you know, between us girls, if we're looking for growth, it has to come from someplace who doesn't know all of the names, who doesn't know CeCe Chapman and Seth Godin and David Seitman Garland and the, 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 all these guys we know. It's got to be somebody, you know, I don't know, at Sam's Club or Costco who's going, huh, you know, I got to figure it out. And so the other day, it was one of my proudest moments ever. Someone who, read, who now subscribes to my audio podcast said, wow, do you blog anywhere? Because this is great stuff. Oh, man, that's awesome. That's like that. That's awesome. It's like if Seth Godin, someone listened to his, you know, or something like that. They found a video of him, and they're like, "Do you write ever? Do you write?" You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I saw something like that, and this is in no way comparing myself to Hova, you know, to Jay Z. But um, there's a video of him heading to the Barclays Center to the opening oh, of. Oh, I watched it. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable with the lady on the train. Lady on the yeah, train. Oh, it's unbelievable. 
It's a great video. Um, anything, anything Jay-Z related, Justin Levy sends it to me like right away. It's almost like he's just, you know, in Jay-Z's office waiting for the re- release or whatever. But I thought it was great. And when she asked him, you know, well, you're some kind of artist. He was so humble. And I was just thinking, God, I mean, he's a man who's made his life making albums saying how not humble he is. Right, exactly. And by the way, for people that don't know what the heck we're talking about, um, there was this little mini documentary that was basically made. You can find it on YouTube. Just just Google it. It was with Jay-Z opening the new center in Brooklyn. He did a little behind the scenes, and he happens to take the subway, which is just shenanigans, and sit next to a lady who has no idea who he is, and it's just hilarious ensues, and you find out what actual humble guy Jay-Z is, um, assuming that he wasn't just doing that for the cameras, of course. But um, so, wait, No, no, but seriously, he came across as a great guy. So, Chris, back to this kind of you know, content evolution for you, and I, I find this really interesting, is that there's still many, many philosophies out there, right? There's the TechCrunch philosophy, which is, hey, we're a news company, we're this, we have a million writers, we have a million staff, volume, right? You used to be more on the volume play, uh, in terms of, you know, you're like, well, the more content I create, the more people come in and the more, you know, all these different things. I understand that. But you're also a, 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 a brand, like a one man show, if you will. I know, you know what I'm saying? In terms of creating the content. Mm-hmm. And, and have you noticed that? Is it anything to do with a quality versus quantity type thing? Or is it more like, you know, what, you know, or, or is it something different? I've got to really uh, throttle myself is what I've learned. You know, what I've learned is by making these choices, I have to put this somewhere. So I've been still writing. I write up to 4,000 words a day whether or not I share them with everybody. And I'll tell you, I just randomly reached out to a a fairly well-known author and said, I just feel like I should write something with you. So let's start. And he goes, where should we start? And I said, right now. And we start. And uh, I can't wait to see what it becomes. But what's really exciting to me is that there's no form, no function, no reason to do it. He's a really good author and he's going to make me up my game. And what I like, about, and not a business author, let's not be crazy. Right. But so, so no, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't in any way slowing down. It's almost like um, I look at these guys like rap guys again, like Lil Wayne or even, you know, Jay, and those guys put much more content together than they let out to the public because yeah. you You've yep. got to go gentle. Right. Like this week, you know, the week we're recording this anyway, I decided to just dump all the podcasts that I've already done and throw them all into my uh, uh, stream because I just, I feel like I'm way behind. I'm still like two months behind in stuff right. that I recorded because I got too zealous. And so it just doesn't feel too current. And so I'm launching it all off. But, I, you know, of course it's going to make some people annoyed or it's going to make a bunch of people go, wow, this guy really produces. One way or the other, I'm going to win. Right, right, exactly. And we're going to talk a lot about podcasting here in a second. But something you brought up, and this is actually one of my other subjects, which I thought is interesting about you, Chris, is, is you just gave a great example of it. It's like you talk to this author, you're like, let's do something. And, and, like, and like all of a sudden you're, you're doing stuff. A lot of people, you know, people make decisions in different ways as to where to put any effort. You know, you are what I see, at least, you know, what I mean, from that kind of an outside but friend perspective, you're like the king of like, let's do something cool. Let's try it. Let's, you know, I see all different things you've done, like in the past, you know, travel blog, like little show that you did at one point, like all these different things. And I'm curious, what goes through the mind of you uh, when you're deciding on the stuff? Do you, what, where do you, how do you kind of make that decision? Is it just like you go with a gut? Do you go with, um, you know, this sounds like fun? Like, like what, what makes you decide on these little side projects or little rabbit holes to go down? 
You know, I got to tell you that that's the part of my business that needs the most help because I am absolutely, you know, the ADD joke. How many kids yep. with ADD does it take to change a light bulb? Let's ride bikes. Right, right. You know, it's Dr. Rabbit Hole I'm talking to right here. Yeah. No question. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and they're always dumb ideas. And I always buy the URL and spend the money on the art and do everything and then really announce it with bombast and then do nothing to support it. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Brilliant. I understand. You know? I understand. I totally get it, though. I totally get it. So I, I guess, you know, what, what comes from it, I mean, now the question that I'm asking myself and the real good, the real way to look at this for other people is I have to come up with a better question. Otherwise, I'll just keep repeating the let's do everything model, which is no good for me. But what I've done is I have three basic focuses and I've done this since 2006. I do this thing called my three words okay. where I use three right. words to focus myself for the whole coming year. Okay. And um, I'll give you one little tidbit of those three words because I usually don't reveal them until the 1st of January. But um, one of the words is Walt, which stands for Walt Disney. Um, and what means in, in my case is many things. One is that um, Walt didn't have a lot of supporters when he started. And he got like 500 and something no's from every bank when he was trying to make Disney World. And he just, he had the vision with, you know, without the support team. So I have to realize that. Uh, two, Disney packages stuff so well. Like, you know, you could say horrible things about them. But, you know, I was in Abu Dhabi. I was in the United Arab Emirates. I was, I was talking to some people and I said, hey, you know, listen, why do you guys play Disney? Because that seems to me a bit of a cultural disconnect that you have Disney when you have a lot of cultural rules that are very different than what's portrayed on Disney. And they right. said, you know what? Good content's good content. And I was like, where's CC Chapman? Where's Ed Handley? Where's right. David? Right, right. You know. I, wish I, I wish you would have recorded that, but you've probably been like shot or something. I don't know if you're allowed to record things. But um, no, it, it's an interesting point, Chris, because I get into this challenge too, and I think a lot of our listeners and viewers do as well. You know, where I was sitting there, you know, for example... Um, you know, just a few weeks ago with my dad, you know, who's now, as you know, on full t t time here. And we, we got the whiteboards. You know, we got like these things out literally right here, actually. These like oh, stick, yeah, yeah. big sticky notes, as you can see some of the notes on there. Love and it. we literally just went around the, the, the condo here and started coming up with ideas for next year. And it was interesting to watch the thought process because a lot of the times the first brainstorming session, we did, of course, have to talk about revenue because it's a business. Do you know what I'm saying? So we were talking about revenue and what are the things that I feel comfortable and excited about that we can serve and do and feel the need. And then also our next brainstorming session coming up, it's just like creative outlet fun projects that I want to do. Do mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I've got, I got some crazy ideas as well. And I'm curious in your kind of mind, do you get ever more excited about one or the other? Like Chris is like, you know, funny, for example, the revenue project versus the awesome creative outlet project like that one you're doing with an author. How do you kind of balance those things in your life? Well, you know, curse Seth Godin because from the outside, what it looks like is it looks like he'll just think of something fun and funny and then find a way to make that revenue generating. And so from the outside looking in, um, and, you know, I was thinking about it after the fact that we should probably interview him together and ask him this question. We should hold him. We, to should, we should just grab him. Yeah, hold him. Shut I'll up, hold Godin. him. I'll hold him. You ask him. All right. <laughs> exactly. And so what I was thinking was, um, how does that work? Because, I mean, what I usually do is my fun idea. Sometimes I can use part of that buffalo for something else. I mean, I got that from Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins said, I've got a lot of questions I want to ask you. Can you fly over to me? And I want to shoot video while I ask you the questions. But really, I mean, I would just have this conversation in front of a coffee table with you. Um, right. And of course, he makes a video out of it. He makes tons of money off it. And I'm like, curse you, Tony Robbins. You know, right. so 
that's kind of my model for this coming year. Like even this really fun thing I'm going to do, I'm doing it based on a hundred percent passion and fun, but I will find a way to make it helpful to people. Um, I'll tell you that, you know, with regards to revenue and thinking about that sort of thing, I did get some of that knocked out of me. Um, I emailed a friend of mine who's a, who's part of the, a very big publishing house who does fiction publishing. And I okay. said, Hey, I really want to do fiction. It's been my dream since I was five years old. And I've, four books under my belt. I'm working on a fifth one now. You know, what do you think? And I said, I love short stories. And they're like, oh, short stories, no one buys those. And I was like, oh. She goes, novel maybe, but you have to have a really good literary author and they have to really be in our good graces. And, you know, it was like 200 reasons why. And I just said, oh, F this. I'll just publish it myself. So that's how that went. All right. And are you going to do a little fiction book? I might well do that. That's yeah. that's one of the ones that's on the if I do it it would be kind of like following along behind Guy Kawasaki and his ape, you know, yeah. his author publisher entrepreneur yep. and and it would be showing people, you know, why a platform matters. I would use it in service of the book The Impact Equation because I would say I can only do this because I have the platform. I only have the platform because I did a lot to really differentiate that and net, and nourish the culture in the network. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that because it's interesting because I think we get into these these challenges that are of a content creator like yourself and a mediapreneur, you know what I mean, like myself and yourself and a lot of people that are listening and watching this, and that is kind of sticking, once you find that thing that works, right, whatever that thing is, you know, I don't, I don't know what your thing is, but whatever the thing is that works, you know, there's, that, there's one hand philosophy that's like you keep throwing that pitch, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, like, the, like you're, the, you're the baseball reliever, he's got one fastball, throw the fastball, it's getting everyone out, keep doing it. And then there's the other hand where you sit there and the creativeness, you know, if you will, is saying, I need to do something completely different out there. Screw the fastball. I'm throwing it underhand up in the air. I'm painting the ball pink and I'm throwing it in there. And I don't give a crap if they hit it 500 feet. I need to do, I need to do this for me or for you or whatever it might be. And I find that to be like this interesting juxtaposition in our world. It's like, oh, do I keep doing the, this, this blog or show or do you kind of also venture in another area? And it's hard because some people say focus and some people say give it a shot. And it's very hard, I think, to walk that line. Uh, that's a really great question. I heard you ask that to Seth and I heard him also kind of dodge it a little bit. Um, and also, I love yeah, that he was Yeah, he was bobbing and weaving during the interview. He was, <laughs> I was throwing fireballs, you know. He preempted. I mean, you preempted yourself by saying, and I know you hate you know, sports analogies. And right. here's your sports analogy. Um, so I think that you have to keep exploring. I think you have to keep breaking things. I think if something's not broke, you break it. Um, one example is, you know, my very, well, recent to this time we record, I put out a newsletter where I said, here, I'm just giving you a very brief newsletter this week, and I'm going to put all the meat in the podcast. Go listen oh, to the I, podcast. Oh, yeah, I, I read it and listened. Hundreds of people saying to me, "Hey, I love your voice and all that," but or I won't even listen to your stupid podcast. Hundreds of people, not not like two, saying, "I want the long form. I don't care how long it is. I'm grown used to it, and I want that." So I mean, I was basically told, "Shut up." do it the way you've been doing it. So what I got from this is I'm going to do both because the people who love the podcast, damn, sorry. People who love the podcast love the podcast. The people who love the text love the text. So now I've just given myself double the work because I'm going to riff on the podcast right. and I'm going to write the full long form one and I'll try never the Twix to meet and call it good. Yeah, and let's talk about the podcast. And by the way, podcasting lesson number 806 here is that no matter how many episodes you record, you will still hit the microphone. Stop touching the microphone. I know, I mean, every episode, I hit it. I don't know if there's ever been an episode of The Rise of the Top where I haven't like nailed the microphone or something like that. So anyway, lesson 806. So let's talk about this. This is a, this is a relatively new thing for you. Um, I was one of the first guests on, on the podcast. Yes. Um, and I, I find this awesome because 
you're sort of what I, I call this, a lot of people like this, sort of a dual media threat. So you've got like the blog and the podcast now. You know what I mean? And I love how th- those are like your two big platform things. So what got you, first of all, into this? After all these years of creating, con- I mean, your content machine, what possessed you to say, you know what, we're going to grab the microphone and we're going to start doing some, uh, some of this? What was the inspiration? First off, it's a stupid idea. Like what idiot said, you know what you should do is you should eat up more of your day for free. Uh, because the podcast doesn't make you any money, but I'll tell you, it, it's partly, uh, really honestly, and I don't need to kiss your butt, but you know, I started. Oh, kiss away! To I enjoy it. Yeah, I listen to you. I listened to John Lee Dumas. I did his show on Entrepreneur on Fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Same. It's like, same. You, know, you know, another. It, to me, it's very complimentary to your show. I guess is how I will say. Yeah. It. Um, and I will say that um, between those two shows, Mark Maron's WTF podcast, yeah. uh, a few others. Uh, you know, I just started really getting into the medium again. And the other thing is I heard that Ford announced that they're doing a deal with Stitcher Radio. So Stitcher Radio will be in every one of their new cars. Yeah. And this is a David Seitman Garland lesson. When I came to your place and you were like, yeah, I've got this thing on ABC TV. And I was like, ooh, whatever, ABC TV, that's kind of cool. Then you go, but look at this. And you show me the set-top box rise to the top. I was like, oh, oh that's right. you just that's right. gone past everything. We were streaming and- it on the TVs, exactly. It was amazing to me. Like all I thought was this guy, no one knows this guy is so smart. Like no one knew you back then. You had only done like, I don't know, a hundred shows by then. Right. So I just felt like if I could rip this off faster, I would, but I didn't have a way. So Stitcher is my David Seitman Garland move. And I love Stitcher. Love it. Yeah, me too. And you know, it's funny. People are saying to me, oh, I hate it. I don't know how to use it. Everyone's going to be using it. It's it's the Pandora for podcasts or whatever. Yeah, and, and interesting that you bring that up because what my kind of experience. This is kind of funny though. Is so Stitcher reached out to me right when they started, you know, and they said we like your show. You should be on Stitcher Radio, and I forgot to reply. Okay, so it's so, riveting information for everyone here. So meaning they sent me an email and they were like, oh, it's Stitcher, and you know, you get those kind of emails, and you're like, okay, that's just gonna go into the archives, never to be looked at, all right? Nothing right. against them, but I had no idea what Stitcher was, never heard of it, didn't know who the person was, had no context, and it kind of went into my, will never reply ever pile. Um, little time passes, do you know what I mean? Start hearing about it one way or another. I, I don't remember exactly where, but you know, someone said, hey, Stitcher, do you know about Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, I, I bring it up, I'm like, huh, this is really cool. Dig the email up. I'm like, I think someone emailed me from there a long time ago. Emailed them up, had a conversation, and I ended up, you know, getting the rest stop, which is on there. But I found that to be exactly one of the interesting selling points for me. Now, first of all, there's no reason not to be on there for any reason. No, no reason. But I love that what you just pointed out, and that was one of the things for me because that was in very early development. They said, you know, what we're working on here, just to give you a context, is. We want Stitcher to basically come in cars built in where they're just like, boop, and they hit it. And I was like, sign me up. Yep. You know, so I'm glad you shared that. Well, Mary Meeker's big 2013 trends post that I covered a couple weeks ago in my uh, newsletter, I was so madly in love with this one concept where she's like, there's 41 minutes of unclaimed time in the car. And, and you know, someone out there saying, oh, well, I should meditate. Well, you know what? Turn off the radio, call it a day. I want everyone else because I want everyone else who's dealing with crappy music, crappy station. And I really, I, I am still considering whether or not to do something with satellite radio, but at the same time, why should I? I've got all of yeah. this work and all this effort now. And it was funny. I was just looking at my stats, uh, you know, for the podcast. In the first month, you no know, one knew what I was out there, and it was only like uh, 1,600 downloads for October. There's uh, November. I'm up to 4,800, so it's almost three times the amount of downloads. Yeah, that's huge. 
December so far, let's remember, because as we're recording this, it's about the middle. I, man, I'm dating the hell out of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, when we have this four Sorry. years later, we're like, don't worry. It is December 17th. Exactly. Ah, oh, uh, but December so far is already uh, eleven thousand. Wow! So, so you're uh, making. I'm doing more than double every single month, and that's what anyone wants. And that it's a nice uh, flow. There's no mega hockey stick. It's not like you know Mark Marin hasn't mentioned me right. or one of these dudes with you know a million downloads. But it doesn't matter because what I got right now is I've got that momentum, and I'm looking at it as you know. So by the time Stitcher's ready for me, by the time all these vehicle devices are ready, the tablet nation, the smartphone people. Uh, it's in. So, I mean, and you know that because you've done video and audio right. uh, the last little while for that same reason in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, it's, it's no surprise about 65 to 70% and sometimes more, upward to 75%, will, uh, listen to the rise of the top. Sure. Listen to the rise of the top. Not surprising at all. And, and you know, because it's more portable and there's a lot of different ways and we could beat that into the ground forever if we want to talk about video and audio. But, but an interesting thing that you pointed out, Chris, is kind of like, the, the sort of the quick growth of this in terms of where you're going in terms of the business perspective we talked about before kind of like chris following his his you know gut to go do this because or, or creativity to go do something kind of over here and then you talk about like you have your big three words and you're kind of bringing that in over here where mm -hmm. where does podcasting kind of fall for that like because you see it as something like being you know creative outlet uh, you know, relationship builder, uh, just another way to communicate with your audience, um, just for fun. You don't give a crap if it has any uh, impact on the business. What, where do you kind of see it in that sort of spectrum? There's two or three things that make it work for me. One is that it's, uh, it's a chance to show a warm voice. And because I have a reasonably decent ability to communicate, yep. it, it's something where... Well, you have an awesome ability to communicate, but you're, you're, you're humbling it. You're very kind. Um, Jay-Z on that train. Um, so first off that, I mean, it's important that with that warm voice, people are saying to me, oh, I'm not really down with the idea of listening to your podcast instead of your newsletter, but now I feel like I really hear your voice when I read you. And I say, aha, I've got you where I want you. Um, that's that's one. Two is the Stitcher thing because I want distribution. My big two, two big things that I need in 2013 is I need more distribution into places where people have no idea who I am. Yep. That's the Costco, the Sam's Club, the um, I'm doing, a, I'm going to start doing a column for some sales magazine that I have no place in being in there, but they know that. So that's why they think it's funny. Um, and so the podcast has a lot of business value. It's a lot of strategic value, but just, you know, it's funny as a guy who co-founded the event pod camp in 06, um, people back there were like, how do we monetize? And it used right. to be the most hated, you know, no one wanted to go to that. And, and then everyone wanted to go to it. And um, the truth is this, you never monetize directly on the platform, which is what you well know as well. You monetize somewhere downstream. So I don't intend to make money off the podcast. I mean, I won't say no if my friends at Citrix Online want to sponsor a few. I know you've, you've got them as a sponsor. Right, sure. Um, I don't mind having some sponsors of the shows, but I don't need that because where I make my money is downstream and it's a lot more fun that way. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more on that because I feel like, you know, and I get this question, <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you how many times a day I get this question about, you know, oh, how do you make money? How do I make money with the show? You know, all these, my, my show on, you know, Tiddlywinks. And, you know, it's a good show, Tiddlywinks. Um, but, uh, you know, and I have the same kind of thoughts on that. And, and you know, while, yeah, we do some direct monetizing, with Citrix and a couple of sponsorships and things like that. It's really not the core of how you're going to quote unquote make money from a web show or podcast. It's really something else. You know, and you actually commented on a video that I did, Chris, um, that was called a web show is not a business. Yes. Yeah. And, and because the thought is this is a platform, this is a communication vehicle. It's a, 
a way to reach new people. It's a way to continue talking to people you already know. You know, but you're, it's not necessarily your business. Your business is something else. It's education products. It's software. It's cons- I don't know what your business is. Whatever your business is, I'm talking about people that are listening and watching. You know, that's your business. This is another vehicle, and it's also in many cases a passion play uh, of getting being able to talk to um, or talk about something you really like. And so I think that's that's really where the opportunity is for sure. Totally. I mean, I was talking to Guy Kawasaki about what he did, you know, to get so many reviews for Ape and, you know, author, publisher, entrepreneur. And he said, well, you know, first I just asked my 4 million followers to do it. And I was like, well, okay, so let's imagine you don't have 4 million followers. And we talked about that. And he, you know, he was saying that, you know, I took 30 years to build this platform. He goes, why would anybody malign me for taking 30 years to have the platform I have? He goes, if you have nobody today, start now. You must have a platform. And that's, you know, again, that echoes some of the stuff in the impact equation. And that's partly what the podcast is. If you don't have a place for people to see or hear you in a couple different formats, it seems to me, I think yeah. to at least, yep, um, then you are doomed to, um, you know, some level of obscurity because you could slide off a page one way or another. Someone maybe doesn't have the time to read anymore, but they're totally digging podcasts. Somebody hates podcasts but loves video blogs. It doesn't matter. You've got to kind of catch them where they are and you've got to look for those leverage points. And to me, I think audio podcasting is a huge leverage point right yep. now. Yep. But although you pointed out, David, and I think it's reasonable to say this, uh, you pointed out that maybe that's just because you're passionate about it. Yeah, I think, you know, I think First of all, I couldn't agree more, and, and that's what—that's one of my thesis statements for next year. Not only from what I do, but also from a teaching perspective, is what I call the dual media threat. Right, dual, two, uh, because that is the magic sauce that I am seeing. I mean, it just is because you know I have, for example, the rise to the top, which is long form, you know, podcast and show, and then I have DSG TV, which is the short form, more YouTube like videos. And you're gonna see this. You got Chris Brogan. He's got the, you know. He's got his blog. He's got his podcast. You're going to see more and more of that. And it's interesting, like you pointed out, I believe, I strongly believe it really comes down to what you're excited about and what you're going to put the most effort into. Because I've seen people do video blog. I've seen people do podcast funny cartoons. I've seen, you know, everything. It's just, it's just being able to figure that out. It's like sort of a religious debate. But I think we're going to see more and more people um, do the two. And you know what? They're going to fight to the death as to what those two might be, but they're going to they're going to do the two in 2013. Would be my guess. I agree. I mean, I think if I didn't believe in search and having some level of searchable material out there, because I look at what people search to find me, and I need that. Um, if I had to kill something, it would be my blog. Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting statement. Just because, yeah, that's that's an interesting statement. I mean, you know, I I just think it's uh, it's an interesting time for that. Just to, just to just to kind of put it out there, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people that are looking to get into it. And so you would say, you're really saying that if you were to choose, you had to go one way or the other, you'd go podcast right now. Podcast and my newsletter, that's ah, my two. Okay, there it is. That's my two. There so. it is. There's the, there's, the, there's the quotable from Chris here, by the way. Um, so that leads into kind of a final subject, Chris, uh, that, that I want to talk about just for a couple minutes. And that's sort of uh, what's, on, what's on your table for next year. Um, two th- anyway, you know, now that since we've dated the crap out of this anyway, uh, we're talking 2013. Some people's like, you know, we could be sitting here like four years from now. People are like, what are you doing in 2017, Chris? But let's start with 2013. Um, let's talk about a what, what, what little bit what's on the, on the, on the page for you. And then I want to talk a couple seconds about impact equation and then we'll probably wrap this up because I got to get back to more nineties music, you know? Oh, forget about impact equation. Who cares? But I think that, um, you know, it's really funny. I was just thinking about this. It's funny that, 
uh, we both think that maybe people will be listening to this in those in 17, like, wow, <laughs> um, what's on the plate for me. So I've created a bunch of different courses and, and projects with human business works, my main company. And we, we've done one for writing called blog topics, the masterclass. We did one for helping people with digital business presence called the human business way power eight. Cool. I've got a, cool. a new year starting program called the brave new year, which is, um, doing rather well. And then Rob Hatch put his own course out called Work Like You're on Vacation. And it is uh, it is by far our bestseller, which, you know, of course, makes me the writer annoyed, but thrilled yeah. as a business guy. And he's a great guy. And it's basically a productivity type of thing. Work Like You're on Vacation is just, you know, how do you how do you get a lot? It's, I, I keep debunking the four-hour work week over and over again. Someone just tweeted that the other day. I'm waiting for Ferris to re- ring my bell and say, what the hell? Right, right. Because I, I call it crap. Because you know, the four-hour work week, the actual title, Can You Really Work Only Four Hours, is not, you know, it's a little disingenuous. And he knows that. Uh, disingenuous? I don't know. Well, he's one of the hardest workers you'll ever see, too. So that's, that's exactly. Crazy. Trust me. That's why we know it's not four. Yeah. So, but we do think, Rob and I believe, that you could do a four-hour work day. And, you know, it's because we do it. Like, we work really hard the first part of the day, and then we work on fun stuff or not related to work stuff the rest of the day, every day. Cool. Really? Or hang, that, or hang with the family. Really? I mean, and by the way, real quick on the four-hour, because I'm, you know, we both like Tim, but it's more, I view it as, and it's just because, you know, most people take it as literal, right? Like, when you see something, if I, if I, they take it as the literal, like, how do I get down to four hours a week? I saw when I when the impact for me on that book was looking at it and being like, oh, how do I get rid of all the crap I really don't want to do or batch together all the shenanigans that suck in my business so that I can really basically free up time to work on the things I want to have the biggest in- business impact and then fun. But some people forget those three things. They just think it's like the four hours and then you, you don't do it. You, you just sit you sit there like this like that. That's just not how it works. That's right. And, and, and that's, what, that's why I'm willing to joke about it because, you know, we know the definition of the book is a little different than what it's taken as in the, in the mainstream. And of course, for good reason and great effect and for many, many best-selling years later. Um, but I would say that that's, that's what's on my plate is uh, some writing stuff, uh, some new books. I'm cool. proposing a book right now, uh, which has nothing to do with business. Really? And- awesome. My kids uh, really got me into this game Minecraft, which okay. is it's sort of like Lego online, basically. Cool. And you, you start like anybody starts with anything, and you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm just doing it because the kids want me to. And then you're like, don't break my thing. I'm working on this thing. And, you know, it's that kind of crap. Right. But I think that um, <laughs> what I'm working on is this idea that um, there's a lot of kids in there doing a lot of really creative, really interesting stuff. And I think that there's an opportunity for parents to get in there and have some really fun learning stuff go on. Meaning, like my daughter and I were like talking about chores and crap like that because we have you know gardens in the game and we have chickens to tend and all this kind of stuff and you know we're having these conversations about chores like well sure we can go explore that cave but we got to take care of the chickens and stuff before we leave for a few days that's funny crazy yeah but it's funny and then i also want to i love that title by the way work like you're on vacation that stuck with me in this interview it's it's just interesting it's interesting because and i agree with that so you're basically now what you're saying is that you've kind of gotten it where you can just do like your focused output Morning, are you a morning, morning guy for that? Yeah. And then what, afternoons, family, fun, working on this thing, whatever you're talking about? Video with David, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Anything that'll waste your time. <laughs> waste your time like this, you know, <laughs> until, until you get to his next four-hour slot tomorrow. So uh, awesome, Chris. Now, I want to wrap here in a couple of minutes because I know we could literally sit here for hours. In fact, 
it's been recommended a couple times when you've been on before. People are like, you guys should just do your own little little riffy show one day. And I'm like, all right, well, we would. It would be a good one. Uh, but uh, tell us, you know, first of all, I do want to plug the book, even though you're not a pluggy guy. Too mm. bad. You have to plug it. You have no choice. Um, so there it is, Impact Equation. Uh, you and Julian Smith teaming up again like trust agents. Mm -hmm. uh, any quick little shameless thing on that or a fun fact or something like that that you could uh, tell us about the, the impact equation? You know, one thing I'll tell you about is that everyone thought it was a book about social media. So it's it's a little slow to get off the shelf because people are like, ah, we've got that. Thank you. Right. Um, but what it is is it's a book about how to stand out now that everybody's here. And that's why I think it's pretty valuable. But, you know, we'll just wait a little while. People will catch up to it and it'll be a fine book. Cool. And it's one of the biggest questions that's out there now is people are saying, you know, I want to start a, a fitness show and there's 27,412 fitness shows that have come out in the last two months. Uh, you know, you know, how do I stick out? So it's so great. Uh, check out Impact Equation. Uh, Chris, any other shameless links we want to send people to uh, where they can get to get into your house? Because, you know, people want to check it out, see the podcast, kind of give some context to some of the things we've been talking about today. The best thing I ever do every single week is my Sunday newsletter. So go to hbway.com, like human business way, hbway.com slash NL for newsletter and sign yourself up. Uh, it is uh, me talking to you. We have a little drink of something every time. And uh, you will find that even if I'm selling to you, I tell you I'm selling to you and you have fun the whole time you're being sold to. Very cool. I, uh, by the way, I subscribe to very few people. I unsubscribe to very many people then of those few that I, that I end up uh, subscribing for. Always great stuff from you, Chris, and you're on my uh, very, very short list that I really enjoy reading, and I enjoy the, the Sunday, and I think people should check that out as well. Uh, so, Chris, as always, my man, this has been great. Thank you so much, and uh, you know, we, it's just awesome to catch up with you. I'm ready to rise right to the top. Boom. He's rising to the top. This was Chris Brogan. I don't know what interview this was on the Rise Top. Maybe his, like, 400th. I'm not really sure. Uh, but this was Chris Brogan back on the Rise Top as usual. Uh, I will see you next time. All that stuff is linked up below. I'm David Seitman Garland. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with uh, Mr. Chris Brogan. Make sure to check him out at chrisbrogan.com. Grab that book as well, The Impact Equation. Uh, reminder, one more time, you want to hear about the upcoming webinar and all kinds of good stuff that I have going on, make sure to join the Rise VIP email list at therisetop.com slash VIP. And I also want to give one more shout-out to go to my PC and actually show the website here because I forgot to in the, uh, the, <laughs> the intro of the show. So, uh, again... Go to therisetop.com slash go to my PC. Try it out 45 days free. Whether you have a Mac, PC, multiple devices, etc., you can access your Mac or PC from anywhere. Makes it very, very easy. Uh, no matter where you are, uh, enjoy it. So at therisetop.com at the slash go to my PC. Mm -hmm.